people will reach that level where you're like, I need to invest, but I'm not sure if I have the money. Sometimes you kind of have to make that jump because you feel like you can't get to the next level without making that investment. But you're like, but I can't afford that investment. Sometimes you have no choice but to try and find a way to make it work. Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode of B3 Boss Babies and Thoughts. While I talk about all things motherhood, entrepreneurial, and how to have fun with everything in between. I'm your host, Jessica with a Y, and I cannot wait to dive into today's topic. So make sure to grab your favorite cocktail, sit back, relax, and unwind. Let's have some fun. Hey ladies, welcome back to Boss Babies and Bottles, or B3, as most of you know it as. Today I have two very special guests. They are twins, which I'm super excited about. So, uh, Miss Lily Dagdag and Miss Patricia Talavera. How are you ladies? Good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you guys even say things at the same time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm sure you guys get that all the time. So that's cool. And they are the founders actually of SiteBiz, a marketing and design agency for women-owned businesses, which is pretty cool. They help women founders really just show off their expertise by creating online visibility about your actual brand. And so the daughters of a computer engineer, Lillian Patricia, have been in love with everything digital since they can remember, which is great. I am untechy, as we all know, so it's great to have people who know about this stuff. And uh, after 10 years of these two ladies being in business together, they're expanding the site biz team and suite of services to help women-owned businesses really create that online presence, which is probably the most important part about having a business in this day and age. So thank you, ladies, so much for joining me. Absolutely. I am excited to dive in with you both. You know, this is such, again, such a crucial time to be all about the online world, right? It's all about your presence, your brand presence. So I guess let's start off first and dive in. Just tell us a little bit more about you two. We fell into the world of entrepreneurship completely by accident. (laughs) Um, We started our first business about 10 years ago when my husband was in Korea. We had been married about three years, I had already moved three times, and it just seemed like a regular job, just moving the cards. And Patricia was also frustrated with her post first post-college jobs. We decided we'll just figure it out, do it our own. And so we started our first business. And you know, we were speaking to someone yesterday and he asked, Well, what's your background? Nothing to do with website design. Right. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Patricia and I both had degrees. I have a degree in government and national politics. She has a degree in psychology another degree in marketing. The point is, this is not where we thought we would end up based on what we did before. Um, But it's just how things happen. Seven years ago was when we founded SiteBiz. And when we really started focusing on website design as a whole, we decided that's what we wanted our focus to be on. Five years ago, we launched Operation Site Launch, which is our passion project for the military community. And right now, we're working on expanding both our main business and Operation Site Launch. Operation Site Launch is now not just website design, but it's coaching, mentoring courses for military entrepreneurs. And SiteBiz went from a WordPress website design firm to a marketing and design agency by adding graphic designer, copywriter, and hopefully other team members as well. That sounds absolutely amazing. And again, I am so untechy that I, I don't even know where to begin when you tell me things like that. <laughs> <laughs> so why exactly did you guys start it? Well, you know, I, a regular job just wasn't in the cards. And 
in you know in the years that have passed, Patricia and I have had even more things happen that just proved that starting a business was the right thing to do. Um, not just because we get to be our own bosses and we don't have to answer anybody. Mm. But I feel like that's how we all kind of stumble upon it at first. You know, it's more like a, a need, and then we just kind of make it happen. Right. Exactly. And then I think that the flexibility of being a business owner has really helped us out. You know, in in a lot of ways, especially because my two of my kids have um, serious medical issues, so it's always doctor's appointments and ER visits and all of mm. that. That if I had a regular job, I'd be fired by now. Mm. Like my husband's just lucky; he's got a really good boss. Plus, I work from home. Otherwise, yeah, it gets super difficult um, with kids in general. Just yeah. you know, being in that. So that's that's great to hear. I love everything that has to do with uh, women. Most of my listeners, I feel like, are either women looking to start their own businesses or women on like these amazing career paths. And so I love it uh, so much. So I guess, tell us like how you guys really got to where you are today. I know you went through it a little bit, but I think a lot of my listeners are a lot of women who are starting off their businesses. So I think for them that that biggest hurdle is that beginning hurdle, right? Like how do you start? So for us, it was definitely a very roundabout way, right? When we first started our business, you were like, we'll do website design. And this was before we knew what WordPress was. Right. We only decided on website design because technically Patricia's husband also knew how to do it. And we were like, you know what? He can figure it out. We can figure it out. It'll be all fine. <laughs> Shortly after that, we decided we would be social media VAs, regular VAs, event VAs. We were a lot of different VAs for like the first three years. Um, and we kind of just stumbled around trying to figure out what we were doing. It wasn't until 2013 when we attended a conference uh, in Canada, and it was when we attended that conference that we kind of had this light bulb moment that we decided to do website to design. do website design and to really just start all over again. And ever since to a lot of women, by the way, or a lot of business owners in general, we all kind of start off doing a lot of everything, and then slowly but right. sort of niche over in time. Right, mm -hmm. right. And even then, I think for a long time we were kind of just floundering simply because at the time we didn't really need the money from the business and you know our children were still super small and they still required a ton of attention and so i said you know well when my daughter gets into kindergarten then i'll be able to spend more time in the business but then my daughter ended up having a tonsillectomy and being out of school and blah, blah, blah. so i'm like you know what? i think we're just gonna have to find a way to make this work like we can keep saying forever that when this happens or when this happens that will expand but the reality is these children aren't going anywhere they're just not they're gonna be here and they require a lot of attention all the time. Right, right. And <laughs> the only way to do this is to find a way to grow around them instead of just constantly hoping that things are going to magically get better, that things are magically going to get easier, because they're not. And I think that that's one of the things that um, is most important to, small, uh, to women business owners is kind of realizing that that juggling act is not going to go away. Right. How well you do it will depend on you. It'll depend on your situation. It'll depend on what you're working with. But it's something that's really never going to go away because there will always be multiple things you have yeah. to be doing. There We're never going to feel caught up. <laughs> right. Caught up is not a thing, I feel like, as a mother, as a mother in general, let alone right. if you have your own business or a side hustle or whatever it is. Because there's so many people that are just trying to do things and just, it's crazy. Every night I go to bed and I'm just like, well, I, I did the best I could today and tomorrow's right. a new day. Right. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I feel all of us as women, we some days we feel like we're thriving and some days we feel like we're surviving, you know, and that's kind right. of 
my thing. I was like, okay, today was a thriving day. No, today was a survival day. All right. You know, and it's true. The juggling act doesn't, doesn't get any better. And so, you know, I always talk to my listeners about time management and just, and, and, and being easy on ourselves because it's very, it's very normal. I feel like for all of us to just be so hard on ourselves. I'm like, we didn't do this. We didn't get to do that. And it's like, we can't do everything, which is not words that we want to hear. But we need to learn to accept what we can and can't do <laughs> Some right. more than others. Um, but yeah, juggling, balancing, the whole thing is, is really difficult. And I mean, you know, part of that, I think, for any business owner is learning when it's time to let things go, right? Whether that means things that you think you should be doing, but that you hate, or that you never actually do. So just let it go and stop pressuring yourself to do that. Or if it means letting go of control and finally outsourcing some stuff in your business, right? Exactly. Patricia and I are huge proponents of focusing in your zone of genius. Only do the stuff that's in your zone of genius. Outsource everything else. I mean, if you don't have money at first, oh, obviously that's different. Yeah, you <laughs> but, have to do everything at first. Right. But as your business grows, the goal is to be able to only focus on the things you love, outsource everything else. And for me and Patricia, that's not an easy thing to do. I don't always trust her, and she's my other half. So it's hard for me to let go and let other people take control of our business. But at the same time, again, we can only grow but so big if we have to do everything ourselves. If we have to do all the marketing and all the admin and everything mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, you just have to admit, okay, either I accept that my business will never get beyond where it is right now, or... <laughs> just, just so our listeners know, because they can't see like we can't. Um, we have this gorgeous little baby uh, with us. Who's whose baby? I can't even. Obviously, I don't. It's her. Okay, yeah, yours. Mine. Eric just suddenly banged his head on the table, and I wasn't sure why. Yeah, that, and this is this is real life, you know, just doing everything with our kids, and that's just. I mean, I'm just I'm so used to it. I do my calls with my clients, and I'm just like, yeah, no, keep talking to me. You might hear a baby in the background. And you keep talking. <laughs> and that's what I was like, that's how you know my clients are moms because they just start talking louder. Right. Ignore the kids. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even care. They just start talking louder so you can still hear them. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about because you know what? They aren't going anywhere. They're and not going anywhere. that's yeah. one of the reasons why Patricia and I really chose to work mostly with mompreneurs is that, I mean, not only because they tend to be in the same situation as us, but because they tend to be more understanding as a whole. You know, that yes, our business is important. Yes, our clients are important. You know, oh, our family is important too. One of the main reasons I started a business was for the flexibility to be able to, to put my family first. And I'm not going to apologize for that. And I think that most people understand that. Most people understand that real Anytime. life happens mm -hmm. and that that's just how it is. Yeah. And especially now everyone working from home, I feel like everyone is so much more understanding. About right, right. You know, just the, the essence of trying to work from home with kids, with this, with that, you know, it, it's completely different now. Uh, like all of a sudden they realize that everybody understands the difficulty in setting boundaries when you work from home, right? Like you can tell your kids, this is the plan there. Like, and it, it's, it's difficult, but at the same time, I think one of the hardest things of being a woman and a business owner and a mom, at least in my opinion, is setting those boundaries with your children. You're like, there's so much I could be doing at work. And no matter what, it always feels like you're falling short somewhere. Of course, of course. And, you know, it's a constant guilt. Like, I'm not giving my business enough. I'm not giving my kids enough. Exactly. It's, it is a vicious cycle. But that's why I say, I mean, we all have to, especially as women, we're so hard on ourselves. We need to learn to understand we cannot do everything. We can get better at time management. Even myself, I'm like, I plan. If you look at my planner, I plan my, my days by every 15 minutes, which sounds absolutely ridiculous. And now with kids, I no longer do that. Now I plan by hour because... 
you know, it's not the same. Right. But it's that whole, it's that whole thought of, you know, we, we do as much as we can and we have to learn to forgive ourselves when we can't complete everything. And right. that's okay. That we're, we're literally, I, I can't do any more in the day that I'm already doing, you know, and I know right. that every day I go in giving it a hundred percent. Some days I'm more frustrated than others. Like everyone else. It's like, that just is what it is. So I can't agree with you more, but about the outsourcing thing, I think it's so true. At the beginning of every business, you're doing everything. There's just no right. way. And then you hit a certain point where you realize you can't keep up with the same quality and do right. everything. And so once you hit that point in your business, which that's the first goal, right? How can I, how can I get to this certain, can I be producing this X amount to be able to justify my next move? And the next right. move is always hiring and spending money outsourcing somewhere, you know? Right. And uh, in my business, I mean, now the business I currently have is wedding planning, which is nowhere where I ever thought I would end up, but here's where I am. Uh, wedding and event planning. You know, when I finally hit that point where I realized I couldn't do everything, that outsource was a huge hit for me. Like the thought of spending money on something that I knew I could do that I was doing, but I didn't feel like I was doing, I didn't have enough time for it was really hard. And I think that's really hard for a lot of small businesses. But I think the one thing I always like to say is the second you hit that point where you don't feel like you, you want to spend the money, but you know, you might have to, that's a good point to hit because yeah. that is off your plate. You can now focus on even being better at work. You know, for my team, I hired a social media team and a podcasting team. That's the only way I can do everything I want to do. And you right. not do it hundred percent correctly, but yes, having people behind me and my team to be able to do things. If not, there's just no way I could accomplish everything. Right. And I think that that is part of it, right? You're like, but I could do this. Of course I could do this. But at the end of the day, you know, our time is worth more than to be sitting here copying and pasting stuff into Trello when our assistant could do it. It's difficult because, especially because we've, we haven't been working with our assistants for a long, or one assistant we've been working with her maybe five or six months. The other one has only been like a month or two. So in the beginning, yes, you have to train them and you're like, I don't want to do this. But then if you train them after that, right. it gets that stuff off of your plate. So it can be like anything else, more of a time investment in the beginning, right? but then it's worth it. And I think that people will reach that level where you're like, I need to invest, but I'm not sure if I have the money. Sometimes you kind of have to make that jump because you feel like you can't get to the next level without making that investment. But you're like, but I can't afford that investment. Sometimes you have no choice but to try and find a way to make it work. You find something and you try it out. I, you know, I always, I always say you try it out at least for three months. If it doesn't work after month three, then you can go ahead and reevaluate. But right. everything, I always try it out for three months. I'm like, this is what it is. That's my 90 day trial period, you know? And, I, and, and it's true. You have to train people. You have to take the time to get it done. But that's how you grow a business. Right. You're not going to be able to do everything forever. That does not work. And I mean, like using websites as an example, right? People will say, I'm not making enough money because my website is not good enough. But I don't have money to invest in my website. But if your website is crappy, you're still not going to make money. And that's one of those things where it may be something in the middle where you're spending a little bit less to improve what you have to make money to invest more. But you can't just keep saying, I don't have the money and then wonder why you're in the same circle forever and ever. If you're going to keep doing the same things, you're going to keep getting the same results. That's just how life works. I agree. I definitely agree. So what are your top tips um, for our listeners on how to create that online presence, which again is absolutely crucial in this day and age? Well, I think the one thing that people need to understand is even if you're DIYing, which if you're bootstrapping is perfectly fine, there are still very basic things you need to remember about a website that most people don't. 
nowadays with the invention of a lot of like drag and drop and do it yourself, people are like anybody can build a website. Sure, anybody can build a website. Will be a good one. I would maybe. Will it convert? Probably not. I would never say I'm gonna build a website. You ever hear me? You know I've had too much of something. I can't. So I think the most important thing people need to remember is when you're trying to DIY a website, you need to have a plan. You need to know who are you designing this website for? Who is your ideal client, right? Because if your ideal client is a young mom who's looking for advice about her newborn baby versus, I don't know, a baby boomer who's looking for advice on retirement, it's two completely different Mm -hmm. aspects and it's two completely different audiences so design function everything in your site will be completely different based on who you're designing it for yeah um and i think that that's important because i i don't think a lot of people do that a lot of people are like well i can do this or this is my product or this is my service whatever it is and so i'm just gonna throw fillers out everywhere and see what lands right first sometimes that could work a little bit but then you hit a point that you have to kind of narrow down what your what your niche is and so what your target audience is what your target client is and the way to do that is by writing down what you would love in a client right whether it's a product or service whatever it is what's your ideal and then from there that's how you slowly begin to mold your business around right and i mean you know we had this discussion too when we were talking to a coach uh i think it was last month or the month before that's like we don't work with any specific industries we work with women-owned businesses who have similarities person you know, similar to ours, who think that we're entertaining because that's what makes the client, you know, our yeah. relationship more successful and more fun. But it is still a way to kind of narrow it down. It may not necessarily be, oh, they're a uh, coach, so we work with them. But it's more our personalities mesh together and they're at a certain point in their business and they're a good fit for us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what people need to understand too. It's not always just, oh, I'm only going to work with wedding planners. Oh, I'm only going to work with photographers. Mm-hmm. That's not the only way to niche down. It's just about knowing exactly who your target client is so that your marketing can target to them. Using our passion project, for example, even though we work with pretty much anybody in the military community, our marketing speaks to military spouses mostly because that's what I was. That's who I can speak to. I know their pain points and I know what they're dealing with. And it's easiest to just say military spouses instead of saying veterans, active duty, family. And it's just forever and the list goes on forever and ever. It's easier to pick a target market, focus your marketing on that. And if somebody else comes along that you happen to want to work with, no one says you have to say no to them. But it's easier if your marketing is actually speaking to somebody than just being too general. Agreed. Awesome. I absolutely love that because I think it's so, just so important to really grow your business. You have to do the right steps um, for sure. So, you know, I mean, obviously we can continue talking about online presence and I'm going to actually link you guys up. So my listeners will be able to look up all of your um, information um, to reach out to you guys about how to increase their online presence, which I'm super excited about. But I do want to know how it's like to be a twin because obviously I have twins, but I'm not a twin. So how is it like? Good and bad. <laughs> most people, right? Like everybody who has a twin is like, I don't want one. And everybody who doesn't have a twin is like, I want one. And I'm it's, like, it's always the grass is greener on the other side. On the other side. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, frankly, I mean, I know people that like, I could never work with my sister or brother or my husband because occasionally my husband works with us too and I was like frankly a lot of it has to do with boundaries and I mean the reality is that for the most part we've gotten pretty good at keeping business 
and life separate and that right. we don't bring our personal disagreements into the business and vice versa. I mean, has it happened once or twice in 10 years? I mean, I'm sure it has. But generally, we keep them separate. And that's the only reason why we still make it work. And in the very beginning, we said, look, do not say something to me that you would not say to a coworker or to a boss right. if you weren't related to them. And we basically stayed to that. And because of that, we're able to keep a relatively civil relationship. <laughs> um, but I think it, it works for us in a lot of ways because, you know, just because we're twins doesn't mean that we're close or doesn't mean all twins are, but we actually are. We spend a lot of time together, even if we don't have to. And our brains tend to work the same way. So for us, when one person has to go deal with their children, it's very easy for the other one to pick up and where the other one left off. So I think one of the hardest parts of entrepreneurship can be that feeling alone when you're working in your home office and everything falls on you. While we have a fallback partner who's always had one. So whether you're talking about that in business or in life, that's great. Now, the fact that our birthday is in December and so close to Christmas meant that we would get one present instead of four, and that was not okay. So, you know, there's good and bad to it, like anything else. I know. That's so crazy. You would get, oh my God. See, I always told myself I never wanted my birthday in December. I never wanted anything in December. I didn't want anything to clash with my Christmas. <laughs> we have so many birthdays in December that when I was going to have him, I said, you cannot be born in <laughs> December. And so I told my husband, this is the cutoff date for us to not have a December baby. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't care. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I care. And so we, and then we, and then he, his due date was November shifted between like November 1st to the 5th. So I'm like, so literally there's no way he was going to be born in December. Mm-hmm. And then he showed up on October 28th, Lily's kid's birthday. Oh. So he was born on her kid's fifth birthday. So I'm sure down the road, we're going to have to be dealing with that. Because I'm like, I literally told you not to be a December baby. And then you went and picked the other, the the other complicated day. <laughs> the only other birthday you could not possibly have. You know, and, and I always say, I'm like, God has a fun, God and my angels have a funny sense of humor. You know what I mean? Whatever I say, I don't want, or I say never this, those right. are the things that happen in life. So I need to just shut my trap. Right. right. Don't say anything anymore. Stop right. jinxing yourself. Right. <laughs> right. Because I was like, twins, no. Or, <laughs> and then I even said something like, oh, I'm so ready for one kid. And then I <laughs> So, you know, the, life always throws you those unexpected twists. So I love it. I, I am not sure if I could ever, I actually do work with my sister. Technically, I, I hired my sister. She does my social media, but I do also pay her. So, you know, there, there's, there's different relationships, but it's funny because I will we'll talk at the same time. And in one chat, we're talking about work and in one chat, we're talking about personal and then she'll like, I don't want to say, you know, she'll get me upset on one and I'll just stop talking, but I'll keep talking on the other one. <laughs> and, <laughs> that yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but you know, like we make it work and, and, you know, some days, you know, some days we clash, but we're not, we're not twins, but you know, I can't even imagine having, having to split everything with her. I'd be like, you know, we're five and a half years apart. So I'm significantly older. Not significant, but you know, enough where I was able yeah. to have my own, my own stuff. So that's cool guys. Um, so Lam, if you guys, if you ladies could give yourself a younger piece of advice, what would it be? Keep pushing through. Yeah. Um, I'm still alive now. So clearly I got through everything and you know, even when it feels like you won't trust me, you will. Yep. I agree. You know, some days are tough, tougher than others, 
And I always say, I'm like, some days I make it through hour by hour and some days I make right. it day by day, you know? Right. And, and that's okay. That's not, that's not anything bad. I think as business owners, as women, like that's just what it is, you know? And, and then that's okay. I think some people look at the overall and like, they'll see, they'll see myself, they'll see you and they'll be like, oh my God, how did you guys do that? And they don't realize there's a lot of struggle that comes with it too. Right. right. You know, and, right. and an everyday struggle. So yeah, you yeah. know, some days I'm like, yeah, I might look put together, but I'm going to tell you this was not put together five minutes ago. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. It took a long time to get here. Yeah, right. it does. It takes time, but keep pushing through is really great. So last question, ladies, this wouldn't be the Boss Babies and Bottles podcast if I didn't ask you what was your favorite bottle or drink? I actually just had Thai, t- thai tea with bubbles. Thai milk tea with bubbles. With bubbles. Yeah. Those little things I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just moved and there's a bubble place like every like couple of minutes and I'm like, I should not have moved here. I'm having way too much of this. That's going to be real expensive right there. It's not like before when I had to drive 30 to 45 minutes. Right. No, it was like right there. And I was like, this is a bad idea. I sound up deliver. And you're like, oh, man, oh, why do you great. deliver? Why? They, they oh. deliver because they know. Right. They know. I only drink really water. Water or wine, I'm like Jesus, or so I say. Not really, but you know what I mean? Um, so I'm just like, that's how it kind of works. Um, but I love bubble tea. I, love, I haven't had that the Thai milk one. I don't know if that's what I've had. Mine is always mango, right, Eric? Mango. Oh, my daughter's drinking my mango one right now, so hopefully there's some left when I come downstairs. She wants mango too. That's why she's crying. Who got offer me? You know, us Hispanics down here in Miami, we all love mango. My kids just started solid. I'm gonna give them some mango. Um, and the, the doctor said, yes, I asked her, I was like, is mango even a thing? And she's like, you can give them mango. I'm so excited to see their reaction because I hope they love it as much as right. I All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And princess, thank you for joining us too. I'm super excited to uh, have the listeners kind of go through this because this is really a, a really great one. So thank you ladies so much once again. Hope you guys enjoyed our B3 Boss Babies in Bottles episode for today. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to chat with you guys soon. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to our next episode and follow my craziness on Instagram at ebjevents and at canal.twins. I promise you, something's always happening.